hungry for Jesus Christ? Are you thirsty today? Because I don't want another religion in my life. I left religion, I left Islam. I hate it. I just want to be free. I just want to be free. And then something happens to that person, a touch or a breeze or in a form of a wind. I know it is Jesus. Maybe you are sitting here today and you are saying, I need that transformation because I don't want to be stuck in this place anymore. Now this is the biggest harvest time. This is the revival time for God to come and change everything. Who is God? Everywhere in the world, people are bowing down to something. Whether it is a Buddha statue, or it is Kabe in Mecca, or some one of the idols in a Hindu religion, or sex, or pornography, money, drugs, family, husband or wife, or a girlfriend, people are bowing down to something. Who is God? Whether you are an atheist, which atheism is a religion, or you are a Hindu, or a Muslim, you are bowing down to something, someone. And today's question is, who is true God? And who is your God? Who you worship? Maybe the one that you think the most, you are obsessed and fix your eyes the most, is your God. Everywhere in the world, people belong to some kind of faith and religion declare and say that that is the way. What is the truth? Even Pilate asked to Jesus, what is the truth? Who is the true living God out of many gods, thousands of gods, even millions of gods? I can tell you that I used to worship to a God who told me to die and kill for him until I met the true living God who came down to earth and died on the cross for me. That is the difference between my God right now and my God in the past. Buddha didn't die for me. Buddha didn't die for you. Muhammad did not die for me. He did not die for anybody. As a matter of fact, Quran says that if his little drop of blood fell to the ground, all the world would turn upside down. How precious was his blood? A man, a sinner, an ordinary man like you and me. But Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for my sins and for yours. He died on the cross for our sins. as a remission, as an atonement of our transgressions. When I was a Muslim, I was seeking. I remember even going to the Quran courses, going to the mosques, and asking questions to the imams. I was asking because I wanted to find the truth. And they told me, if you are asking too many questions 
about Quran. You are not a good Muslim. You are walking in disobedience and in disbelief. And I was kicked out of mosques. I was insulted and ridiculed by imams for asking questions. I was told and brainwashed that Islam was the perfect religion. It was the last religion and the perfect religion. I had faith. I had great faith. I had zeal for my God. Paul had zeal before Damascus. And he had zeal after Damascus. I had so much zeal that it could be my lifetime dream to kill and die in jihad. This is how much I loved my God. I was sold out. I prayed five times a day. I fasted during the month of Ramadan, but I had, a, I had no personal relationship with my God. The God that I serve was a scary dictator who never talked to me back, who never showed me any kindness or love. When I needed him, I was all alone. And when I read his words, it was all ugly, gloomy, judgment and hatred and killing. He had 99 names and none of his names is love or father. And one of his names is an oppressor. But then I met the true living God who loved me so much that if I were the only person on the face of the earth, he would come and die on the cross for me. This is how much I was loved. But I remember when I was a young girl, teenage girl, if you ask me what I was looking for, I was looking for unconditional love. I wanted to be loved unconditionally. I look for that love from my parents and I never, received that kind of love. But I was looking. I had poems after essays, after stories that I have written. And in all those stories, you can see one common thing that I was looking for, unconditional love. And today, all the world is looking for that love and they are missing it. Maybe you are sitting in a, on a church pew today, you are missing it. They are missing it. Maybe you are thinking that you are part of it, but you are not receiving it, you are not understanding it, and you are not embracing it. But it is there, and it is available. If unconditional love of God would solve all the problems of the world, If just his unconditional love, but it is not enough. My friends today, it is not enough. His unconditional love is not enough because you need to receive it. It is there and you don't seek it and receive it. But I can tell you, I could be anything. And maybe I was, but I was one thing for sure. I was a seeker. 
And his word says, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. He doesn't, true God doesn't want himself to be hidden from us. He's not like other gods that he has to be a mystery. He has to be so far away from somewhere in the sky, in the space that we cannot reach him. True living God is not someone that he's, he's ready to punish you and send you to hell with your little mistakes or shortcomings or flaws. But the world has many gods today that they don't even know sometimes who they worship. And they don't stop and think and look at their condition and say, I have no peace. They say Islam is a religion of peace. I have none. 28 years of my life I was a Muslim. I never seen one single peaceful Muslim in my life. But I have met many, hundreds or thousands of peaceful Christians. They had struggles, they had troubles, they had shortcomings, even they had sins in their lives. But still, in the midst of everything, they had the assurance of their God's unconditional love. And they had the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding. When I met the first few Christians, it was mind-blowing for me, the contrast of my life and their lives. How lost I was in a faith that I was ready to die and kill and how secure and peaceful they were. They didn't even have to preach at me. They didn't have to tell me how wrong I was. They lived in front of my eyes every day. And I watched them. I watched them day by day. And then one day, I cry out and I said, I want to have what they have, but I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to have it. Help me. Help me. You heard this saying, he loves her so much, he worships the ground she walks. Wow, what a dangerous statement. She worships her children or her family. Wow. Another dangerous statement. I heard people say, my family is my everything. My jo job is my everything. Another dangerous statement. Everyone worships to something or someone. What about you? Genesis 1.1, and I love it how Genesis first chapter is so parallel to the John, book of John, the first chapter. In the beginning, in the beginning, there's an introduction for us to understand in our human capacity.
tragedy in the beginning. Even though there was no beginning, no start with God, He's infinite. He's forever and ever and ever. Only we are limited with time and dimensions. But He wanted to put it in a content, in a structure, so for, for us, we can see it and understand. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything in the beginning. John 1, verse 1 to 3 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. One Muslim wrote to me recently and he said, Show me. Show me anywhere in the Bible. I am going to believe that Jesus Christ declared to be God. Because there's a time he said that he is praying to God. How he can be God and praying to, be, to the God? Something is wrong with that. And I wrote back to him and I said, you need to understand Jesus Christ was not in some of the heresies and demonic doctrines that half God, half man. He was fully God and fully man. But he had to demonstrate his fully man side to us for us to know the way as a man, fully man. When you look at book of John, you see Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the living water who comes to me will never thirst again. But same Jesus on the cross said, I am thirsty. Why? If he was the living water, why was he thirsty and asking for water? Because he was fully man there. For you and for me to see how we could reconcile to our Father in heaven. How we could understand from man's perspective to turn to God. He was fully man. But for us to understand how he was in the beginning how he created everything, he was fully God. Because he said, before Abraham, I am. He didn't say, I was. He said, I am. And that word, I am, is Yahweh. That word, I am, is Lord. When we say Lord, it's not a word, it's a name. It is Yahweh. When we say Lord God, 
We are saying Yahweh God. It's a name. And he was introducing himself to us. Using the very words with I am. And this is why all the Pharisees, all the Sadducees, all the religious leaders, they were tearing their clothes because this man was calling himself Yahweh, great I am, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. They were going nuts. They were so angry because one of the Ten Commandments is thy shall not use God's name in vain. Lord God's name, Yahweh God's name. And they were not even using the name Yahweh. They were so afraid of God. And here Jesus comes in book of John and gives all these I am Yahweh statements about himself. Why? Because he is making a point that he is fully God and he is God. And God is one. But when he prayed to his Father in heaven, he showed us the way. As fully man. How to connect, how to talk, how to reconcile and be friends with him. <laughs> Colossians 1, 15 through 18. The Son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. I said all this to this Muslim man. Today I, he is my brother in Jesus Christ. Because, not because of the verse that I sent to this man, not because of the scripture that I threw at him, just because before I pray and ask for Holy Spirit to reveal Him through God. Because salvation is a supernatural experience. Unless God moves in your hearts and reveals Himself to you in a supernatural way, you will only know God here. And there are so many, they don't know God. They think they know God, but they don't know God. And they are today, even in the church, that they don't know God. Because it is here, head knowledge. They can memorize scriptures like a parrot and repeat and repeat and repeat, which good Muslims do that too. Even Buddhists, they chant. But they don't know God because it has never and it was never revealed to them supernaturally. This is why we are in the mess that we are today. Because we know him by knowledge. We know about him 
through other people. Matthew 16, starting with verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hates will not overcome it. He was not telling Peter that I am going to build my church on you, Peter. He was telling Peter that the word that you just spoken, that you are the Messiah, son of the living God, is the rock, is the truth. And I am going to build my church on that truth. And gates of hate will not prevail it, cannot overcome it, because it will be built on the rock. Because Peter knew who Christ was, not by head knowledge, by revelation. Jesus said, blessed are you. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. Even I am preaching to you right now. This is not revealed to you because I am saying it. This is revealed to you by my Father in heaven. It's a revelation. This is why you cannot make that happen. Today, I am introducing you to the one and only true and living God, absolute God. God is the creator of the universe, and his name is Yahweh, Yeshua, great I am, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. He is your maker. He is love. He is hope. He is kind. He is gentle. He is patient, slow to anger, and abounding in love. His love and mercies endure forever. Even my mother or your father and mother leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you nor abandon you. He is my advocate and defense. He is my living redeemer. He is the greatest healer. He is my deliverer, protector, strength, shield, defense, my light and my salvation. He is my rock, overseer of my soul, living water, bread of life, God of Israel, shepherd, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, everlasting father, the way, the truth, and the life, king of kings, and Lord of Lords, Yeshua HaMashiach. His name is 
Jesus Christ. And he is the only savior. There is no other. There are million ways to hell. But there is only one way to heaven. There is only one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. He is the door. And he is the key. And he is everything you need. Everything you need today. And today, he wants to be the center of your life. Today, he wants to come and live inside of your heart. So you can have him through the, through the Holy Spirit. He wants to come and change your destiny. He wants to remove your pain and take your mess and turn into a message. He wants to change you, transform you, mold you into his likeness. He wants to be your light in the midst of your darkness. Maybe you are sitting here today or you are watching this broadcast around the world. Maybe you are in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Sudan, Australia, Ethiopia, Kenya. These are the places and more these broadcasts goes through. Maybe you are sitting and thinking right now how lost you are. How wrong you are in your thinking and in your, in your beliefs. Only thing that today I can suggest and offer you is to seek. Seek him with all your heart. Seek him and ask him to show himself to you. Ask him. And now... We are going to open the altars, and I want to invite you. Come and receive him as your Lord and Savior into your heart and say with me, Jesus, come and live inside of my heart. Be the center of my life. I failed. I surrender to you. I give all to you. Come. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I believe that you rose on the third day from the death. I believe, just like Peter said, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. I put my faith in you, my trust in you. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Today's broadcast has been brought to you by Ishik Abla Ministries. Ishik is a former abused Muslim woman who was transformed by Jesus Christ. Now she is sharing the good news to Muslims and a revival message to America. To learn more about Ishik, please go to isikabla.com. Again, that's isikabla.com. Please contact us at info at ishikabla.com. Again, that's info at ishikabla.com. Join us for revival.